this is Jason. You want to be on Rattle and Pedal? We have a great audience, and we think you should know one another. So come on Rattle and Pedal and share a success or a mistake. Visit rattleandpedal.com slash stories to learn more. Now, on with today's show. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. So Jeff, today we are going to talk about the top attributes of a really exceptional marketing leader. And so I have an opening question, which is, do you know any? (laughs) 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 Sorry, (laughs) that was the best way I could think of to open this. So So you took all that time off that we did around the holidays and you worked on your joke delivery. Well done. Well, you know, yeah, well, you know, it's all about storytelling and, and, and good stories keep people entertained and educated along the way. So, yeah. yeah. So to answer your question, yes, I do know many of them. As a matter of fact, they're some of my favorite people. Oh, should we get them on the podcast? They, they <laughs> will be coming on because <laughs> okay. if, if you have not heard, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Jason and I have added a new segment to the podcast called Peer Stories, where we want to hear from our listeners. We have great listeners. They're very diverse in terms of skills, firms, practice versus marketing versus business development. And as Jason said in in his intro several webcasts ago, we think you should know one another. So go out to rattleandpedal.com forward slash Peer stories and tell us why you should be on and give yourself more credit because you're probably a talented marketer, managing partner, practice leader, business developer, or just cool person. And people should know you. All right. If there's anybody left after listening to that shameless plug, well, we, we should dive in here. So the top attributes of a marketing leader, and I don't know necessarily what we mean by attributes in this context, but I don't know that it matters. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay. So, well, I mean, attributes, what do we mean? Are they tall? Are they, you know, handsome? What do we mean? Are are, are they women? Are they men? So let's just jump in. I I made a list. You made a list. I have a great list. You have a list. Let's get going. (laughs) (laughs) Start us out. Give us one to ponder on. Oh, gosh. My face is hurting from all that laughter. Number one, got to be a listener. Got to be able to listen to your team. You need to be able to listen to your leadership. Most importantly, you need to be able to listen to your clients. It seems obvious that you would be a good listener, but I think many of us or not. We don't listen. We wait for our turn to talk, wait for our turn to sell, wait for our turn to tell our story, wait for our turn to make us feel good about being right. And I just find that the best listeners don't do any of that. They're actively engaged. They ask great questions to clarify what they're hearing and they remember what they're hearing. So I think being a great listener is number one on the list. That's a really great one to start with. I I wrote down curiosity and I think those two go hand in hand. And and what I meant by that was just, they want to understand. They want to understand the business and how it works. They want to understand the practices and how it works. They want to understand subject domains that they don't know anything about. They want to understand how 
I think about when we're working with marketers, they want to understand how we do the things that we do and why we do them the way we do them. They want to ask a lot of questions and it's because they're just naturally curious and they're active listeners and they're just trying to absorb the expertise of the people around them and do something with it. And when I parry that against maybe marketers that I've seen that aren't as successful, they don't really care. They're kind of just looking for someone to give them the answer, so to speak, us to give them the answer, practice leader to give them the answer, and then they'll market it. I've heard you know, marketers say those things, and I always think, hmm, that's a bad sign. So <laughs> That's a bad sign. Is it a fatal flaw? I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine anything's correctable, right? Well, I shouldn't say anything, but I would think that's a correctable thing, right? Well, if you want to correct it, maybe on the flip side, we'll need a podcast on the fatal flaws of ineffective marketers or something like that. That's a good one. I like curiosity. I actually had one kind of parallel to that, that they're learners, that they ask great questions. They're developing new skills. They're exposing themselves to new ideas. They're reading, they're listening, they're talking, you know, they're traveling. Everything is informing their creativity and their understanding of the people around them and the products and services that they sell. So I think that's a great one. And I like that one too. I was thinking about a client that we had where I was talking with the CEO of the firm at one point and he was having some frustration with the marketing leader and he was talking to me about it and he felt like the the marketing leader was was routinely sort of out of step with what he wanted. I said, well, you asked her what she's reading, you know, just ask her, what what are you reading? I mean, see where, what's shaping her worldview and see if that gives you a better handle on how to interact with each other. So I like that learner one. I have one that is, I just called, this was my top attribute actually, just decisiveness. To me, that is maybe the single most important attribute of a marketer. It's just you have to be decisive and you have to move things forward. You can't spend all of your time in introspection mode and you can't wait for perfect information because you'll never have perfect information. You will always be operating from a place of limited information and yet you have to make decisions and move the firm forward with limited information on a routine basis. And that to me is really the most important skill of the marketing leader from our perspective, is being decisive about the things that they're doing. I like that. The word that you you used was not on my list, but you're absolutely right. I would take that one one step further. And I would say one of the most important attributes is prudence. So this is the moment when Jeff overthinks decisiveness and ruins it for all of us. <laughs> makes no, it, no, makes because, it indecisive. Because, <laughs> no, I'm t- I'm because because prudence prudence makes decisions. It makes those decisions and moves on them as you describe. But prudence incorporates, you know, that listening dimension. You know, it seeks counsel and it makes decisions within the context of reality. These are the conditions on the ground. We may want it to be some other way, but these are the conditions on the ground. And they do it within the context of other virtues of, you know, that clear long-term vision, that magnanimity of something bigger than themselves. And then they choose and they act. I wrote a blog post on this on, you know, prudent decision-making. And it is that seeking counsel, choosing, and then act. And it's built out of, you know, my kind of love for Ignatian spirituality in the Jesuits. And, you know, they're called contemplatives in action. And I think the smart leaders, not just marketing leaders, they contemplate, they think deeply 
and then they act and they're thinking for the purpose of acting, of making that decision. And as you eloquently said, moving the ball forward. But prudence is about making the right decision at the right time for the right reason. Look at that. We kind of agreed on another thing. How about that? <laughs> all right. Give us another one. I- I'm not going to question anything you said. I actually thought it was all quite good. Okay. Even though I'll, I still just sure I... really do not like the word prudence in any way. But anyway, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, confident humility. Hmm. It's that ability to say, I don't know. I don't understand. I was wrong. And be okay with yourself within you know, the context of, of saying those things because you are willing to learn that you could be wrong and there may be a better way, but not just being a doormat that people can walk on. You have to be able to make hard decisions, as you just said, stand by them, but also say, I was wrong. And a lot of people either have all the confidence and none of the humility or too much of the, I wouldn't even call it humility. What would be the word I'm looking for? An unhealthy humility. The word escapes me. But it's the combination of the two that is going to allow marketers confidently speak and move the ball forward in a professional services environment where A lot of times they don't have legitimate authority within the organization. And I think this is a way for them to build credibility and get stuff done. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. It it hadn't made it onto my list of things, but it's really important one sort of recognizing when you're wrong and acknowledging it and accepting it and stating it, saying, well, you know what? I thought about that wrong. I agree with you or whatever the repercussion of that is. And, and then moving the, f- the ball forward in a different direction sometimes. You know, going back to my decisiveness piece, in, in a way, one of the things I talk about, I don't, I don't know if we totally disagree on this or totally agree on this, but on some levels, we've talked about this idea that perfect is the enemy of good, meaning that you don't need to be right every time in your decisions in order to have to be perfect in your decision making. You need to make decisions. And when you make wrong decisions, you need to correct them. And that's where humility comes in. And so that's actually been a big part of my learning curve as a professional over the last 20 years is just getting better at making more small, medium, big decisions all along the way and knowing that they can be corrected versus overanalyzing and thinking we have to make a perfect decision all the time. I think that's a mistake that many of us fall trapped to. So that reminded me, we talked about those on. They're our biggest mistake podcast. Yeah. And you went in depth in some of the, the ones that you, well, we both did and actually how they were so positive eventually in our lives. So, yeah, I mean, it's if you it's, haven't listened to that, I mean, it's, that's a common knowledge we all know, right? We, we, we learn from our mistakes more than we learn from our successes. And so if you're not making decisions, you're not making mistakes, you're not learning and hence you're not a learner, which is one of your key attributes, right? So all those things go hand in hand. So I like the mm-hmm. humility piece. I, I feel it's a really important piece for any leader. You know, anytime anyone's too overly confident in something, it usually makes me a little bit hesitant to follow them. (laughs) So if you have no questions whether that this is a good idea, something wrong with you. Like there should always be some seed of doubt somewhere. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms. 
and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy, Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. I have one that is sort of philosophical, I guess. I'll throw it out there is, and I, I call it a perspective, but that's not the right word. It's just this notion that I believe strongly that marketing's job is to grow the top line of the organization. That is the fundamental essence. Marketing and sales go hand in hand for a reason. Hence, that is your number one job. Your number one job is to create top line growth. So it's, to me, the perspective of focusing on the top line, not the bottom line. Yeah, when I see marketers talk about cost cutting and I see them talking about different ways they're trying to make things more efficient, I always kind of roll my eyes because I say that might be nice, but if you're spending a bunch of calories trying to wring costs out of your marketing organization, that's calories you could be spending on top line revenue generation. So not saying that those things are never should never happen. I'm just saying that it should be lower priority. So to me, it's sort of a perspective thing. It's like, wh- which lens are you using? And And to me, the lens always has to come back to, are we helping to create top line growth? And if you're not, if you're spending a bunch of energy somewhere else, then that's just wasted energy from a marketing perspective, in my opinion. So I call it a perspective, but I don't know. I don't, that's not really the right word, but that's how I see it. It's orientation maybe to the business. I think that's a good one. On my list uh, related to that was business acumen, that you don't see yourself as a marketer, as a communications person, as a designer, as a creative, as a fill in that marketing discipline, but that you see yourself as a business person and you understand things like ringing out cost is something you just constantly do in order to be efficient, to, you know, to be in fighting shape, to reallocate resources elsewhere, but that you're geared towards, as you said, what's the ultimate goal here? And it's profitable growth. And if you don't understand finance, accounting, IT, HR, operations, sales, you're going to struggle in that. And I don't think anybody was ever hurt by getting a deeper understanding of not only their business, but business in, in general. And I think this is why all the people on my teams have always had Wall Street Journal subscriptions and we're expected to read it and to be attuned to, you know, the economy and finance and talent and all of those things. So I think those go hand in glove. Yeah, no, I agree. The only the only caveat I have in there, and this will be a topic of a, of a different podcast, is the phrase profitable growth in that that's actually not always the objective. Sometimes it's just growth. And so and that's a part of that culture discussion that we have that we have kind of slated to talk about that growth and profit may go hand in hand. They they may not, and that's okay. So we have to talk about that because I think that's a really interesting episode. Hmm. I have just, and this is sort of an obvious one in today's environment is technology savvy. I don't, it's just, I mean, I don't think that the marketing leader necessarily needs to be an expert in technology right now, but then they, they need to be really savvy and need to have a vision for how technology could be used in the marketing model and how it should be used in the marketing model. I was even thinking through some of the best marketing leaders that I've interacted with recently came out of the the ops, marketing ops side of things. They were coming out of a deep technical role and they're extremely successful marketers. And so to me, that's a pretty important skill set to have right now. I just can't see a marketer being super successful in the 2020s 
that doesn't have a level of savviness to MarTech in general? Absolutely. It is the storefront, if you will, the modern storefront. It is a significant modern research tool, voice of the client, if you will, and everything that it produces in terms of data is just going to make everyone better, smarter, faster. So absolutely. Yeah, I, I think the CMOs of the future are coming. And this was my experience, you know, 15 years ago. I was always looking to those tech people as the next leaders in my teams, because what goes with that normal tech mindset are a couple of attributes that we already talked about, you know, the curiosity, the learner, the listener. And then I would add another one, problem solver, Mm -hmm. right? They get in there and they solve the problem. They, number one, define the problem correctly, but then they tenaciously go after solving it. And they think creatively about how they solve it. And when you're in technology, God, you, you got to be. <laughs> All those things come together, whether you want them or not. And I think because technology allows you to exercise those muscles, if you have them, you're just going to be attracted to technology. And if you don't, you're probably going to How many more are on your list? 59. <laughs> 59 attributes. We did this We did this game last time. No, I just have a couple. Let's hit them rapid fire because I want, before we close out, I want to just talk about what to do with this information because it's one thing to say, well, these are the attributes. Well, what do I do with them? How do I take any action on knowing this? So, so okay. yeah, let's hit the ones that you have left rapid fire and then we'll go from there. Okay. An important one, I would probably not lay claim to it myself, but it's an important one. And it's woo. What? Anyone who's taken the strengths finders from Gallup, there's an attribute called woo. W-O-O. And I love woo. And I wish I had woo. And I do. When I look at my strength finders, it's somewhere in the middle of my, my strengths. But woo is this social intelligence. And it's, it's not just about, you know, being a cheerleader, which is that, to me, negative stereotype of a great marketer. You know, hey, come into my office. I have all the candy and you can come and socialize with me and they throw a great party. It's not that, but it's it's being adept within a social setting. And when you're in professional services and everything is relationship driven, whether one on one or in groups, you have to have an emotional intelligence and ability to not just understand other people, but to move them. And that's what woos all about. So essentially it's, it's, it's emotional intelligence. It's, it's understanding or having that sense to understand and read people and see what they're thinking, what they're feeling and use that to motivate them and, and, and engage them to have empathy and interact with them. Right. And most importantly, move them. And that's it's different than motivating. Influence. You're saying, you know, motivating is getting them excited. Moving them is actually getting them to move to where you want them to go. Yeah. Yes. So woo. Yet another vocabulary word that Jason has to learn. So anyway, that one should be easy for you to spell. I think it's a word. I think Gardner made it up. All right. Give us the the last one you got. All right. So the next two, I'm going to combine into one. You have to have some core strength around creativity or analytics. Normally, those are somewhat mutually exclusive. It is a Venn diagram I get. but if you're creative, then you need to 
use that fulcrum in how you manage and how you strategize and how you move the ball forward. If you don't have it, you need to get a lieutenant or somebody on your team that does have it. If you're analytical, then you need to exploit that. That becomes your your fulcrum towards, you know, successful leadership role. But you got to know which one of those you are and build that strength for yourself and supplement it if you don't have it. And if you're blessed to have both, exploit it. But I think you got to know what they are and you've got to know how to use them to your advantage. Yeah. Whichever dimension you're all, you are on that, if it is an either or dimension, and I, and I agree with you, it's not, it, it's an and, it's having both. I would just argue if you're really analytical, then you need to be in tune with the creative side of marketing and then vice versa. If you're really creative, but not really necessarily hugely analytical, you need to be in tune with the analytics and what they mean and what they say. And if you can sort of do those two things together, then you that's usually where, to me, breakthrough type marketing campaigns can happen. So we're out of time. So I want to do that. So these are the things we talked about. We said a successful marketer is decisive. They're a good listener. They're curious. They're prudent. They're technology savvy. They have a top line orientation. They have business acumen. They're problem solvers. They have woo. They have some kind of hybrid <laughs> mix of creativity and analytics, or, or certainly the ability to recognize where their weakness is and, and find a parry to them. So we've got this list. Now, what do I do with this information? You know, how does this help me? And what should listeners do now that they have this list to work from or do differently? I guess the first thing is think about yourself, do a, a self assessment. And, you know, we're not psychologists, you know, we're not, (laughs) these attributes are not scientifically proven. They're born out of, you know, 20 or 30 years of success. Speak for yourself. Mine were done on based on multivariate analysis and a deep dive of all the analytics surrounding every client I've ever worked with. Yes. Yes. I I have data on all of you. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the first thing is know thyself. Second, do not beat yourself up if you find you're lacking in one of these. And don't pat yourself too hard on the back if you do have them. I think it's important to understand that these are significant attributes that are going to lead to success in many different jobs. And find yourself or identify where low-hanging fruit is for you and make some investments in that. If you're not a good listener and you think, you know, the cost of learning how to listen versus the return of it is really high, then invest some time and and money and effort in doing that. Uh, You could even ask, if you're a leader, ask your team (laughs) to rate you on these things. That'll be enlightening. And then if you don't have them, find somebody on your team that can fill that role for you because it's a great way to be a leader and and help others develop and actually work together as a team to accomplish a goal. So that's what I suggest. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I wonder now that we've made the list, I mean, so I, I was just thinking through if you were if you were hiring, you were going to hire a new marketing leader and you made this list of we're looking for somebody with these 11 sort of innate skills or attributes or capabilities. My, my hunch is that the list of qualified applicants you'd get would be very, very low, if, if at all. 
So I wonder if it's really a function of these are sort of the attributes of the marketing function. These are these are the things that the marketing function needs to, to have innate to it. And as you're you know assessing yourself or as you're hiring, you're looking at these 11 things and you're trying to assemble a team that kind of collectively can bring these these attributes to bear. That's just sort of a, a, a general thought. But my sense is that all 11 things in one person is probably fairly rare because I guess in a, in a way, if you think about the notion of, of competent humility, if you believe you have all 11 things, then you're lacking that one, aren't you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so at the very base, it may be impossible. But it's a great list. And I, and I, I think we all like to believe that we're, that we're competent on, on most, if not all of these fronts. But I agree with you getting maybe some feedback from people you work with or just thinking about it collectively as a group and saying, well, how do we make sure we have all these capabilities in, in our team, whether they're inside one person or two or three, maybe is, is all that matters. So, all right. Well, and you know what, Jason? No. Jason. I'm signing off now. Goodbye. Off, I'm going to say this. <laughs> Teasing. I'm, listeners, go to rattleandpedal.com forward slash oh, you, stories. Do you want to do another shameless plug? And tell us. <laughs> about your skill sets here and how you exploit them. We'd love to have you on, talk about that, talk about successes, talk about challenges, or just talk about how bad drop, Jason's drop, jokes drop, are. Drop, 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 We'd drop, 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 drop listeners dropping, dropping, dropping. All right, see ya. See you, buddy. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher.